ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, seniors of all ages, pets of all ages, and everyone else I did not include. Welcome back to the Booth Podcast. This is the weekly NFL show, and we just got to address the elephant in the room here. The Booth boys were on an absolute heater this weekend, okay? The Pickums were picked properly. The Pickums were on fire. It's a tight race now. Um, of course, just had to get that out of the way, but the two guys making it just as spicy hot in this race. Davey O'Doyle, Richard Reese-Shonsby. Dave, how you doing today? I need to put on a letter of apology to anybody who listened last week. Not only did all of the Chargers players who I said would be on the COVID list come off, and then Jake Fromm didn't start. It was Mike Glennon and I had to suffer through that I picked the Giants to beat the Chargers when Mike Glennon led the Giants to another loss. Um, I regret the decision, and I won't do it again. Little, little, little somber today, but hey, Rich, how are you doing? I've recovered from the stress that was of Thursday night football last week. Thought. Finally, we got a Vikings. We're, we're, we're going to just cruise to an easy victory up 29 nothing, And then, fuck, did they make the assholes pucker around America. They were puckered all around, for sure. Another great week of ball. Um, there were plenty of studs and plenty of duds. Dave, we're going to start with you. Give us your stud. Who studded it up for you this week? Uh, as we record this, it's Tuesday. So only one night ago, we saw the Rams go into Arizona shorthanded. You know what I mean? Without Jalen Ramsey, without Rob Havenstein, without Tyler Higby. You know, these guys with almost no warning went in there shorthanded. And the score wasn't a true indicator of how bad they beat the Cardinals because they really gave it to them. And a lot of that was... Matt Stafford, the quarterback for the for the LA Rams, came back to prominence as of late. 287 yards, three touchdowns, 139.2 QB rating, and made some big throws, some big bombs, some tight window touchdowns. Man, Matt Stafford is cooking. He looked so good. He looked like the Rams looked the best they've looked in like a month and a half. Yeah, they, since, they looked like, since awesome. that first fourth game stretch, right? For real, for real. No, they were lights out last night. Rich, stud this week. Who do you got? So let's say two weeks ago, you tear your labrum. Ouch. 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 Tough. Ooh. The prediction, you're going to be out the next two games. At least. You're going to maybe come back for your Monday night football game mm. three weeks later. Nope. You decide you're going to come back a week early. A you're week? Play on Thursday night football. You're not even going to play. You're not even going to have two weeks off with a torn oh labor. Oh, God. You decide you're going to play. And you go off for 205 yards and two touchdowns. Because that's exactly what Dalvin Cook did. Ooh. That man was running wild all game long. My favorite part of that was they talked about how he had like a brace on to keep his shoulder in place. And he's like, yeah. Nah. I'm going to run for 200 still. Oh, and let's not also sell it. He tore his other labrum earlier in the year. He's playing with two torn labrums. What a, <laughs> what a psycho, huh? Like both 
shoulders just ineffective. And he's like, oh, I'll play one of the most physical positions on the field. And I'll be really, really good at it still. I don't think he's fumbled that much either. And he's like, how are you hanging on to the ball? That's incredible. <laughs> That's how you know, like, I, like aside from every obvious factor, it's like that's how you know. Like I, we, we, we could not do this at the, at the NFL professional level. Uh, like, or if your guy knows about shoulders, I was gonna say I've had shoulder. <laughs> that that shit took me out of high school football. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, no, I'm gonna play through two, and be the one of the best running backs in the world. But what a what a sociopath, absolute stud, for sure, Dave. For my stud this week, I'm gonna go back to what you said earlier. You know, you said. A lot of that Rams win was because Matt Stafford was cooking, and all of that's true. But a lot of it, not all of it, because some of that win was number 99 in the middle of that Rams D-line. Aaron Donald, man, if you forgot, if you said like, ah, you know, he's having a bit of a quiet season. No, 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 no. He's still, if you go on pound for pound, the best player in football. He is unblockable. He's the most disruptive defensive player we've ever seen in the NFL. He is an absolute handful and he, he's unstoppable. If he, if he's, if he wake when he wakes up and he's like, I don't want to be stopped today. Sorry. <laughs> he's and not that, being stopped. And that's like a thing that great players do, right? They wait for the biggest games, right? A division game. You need this to stay in the hunt for your division, to stay on track on Monday Night Football, and the guy comes up with three sacks, right? Well, yeah, especially because, like, Cardinals dog-walked him earlier, and like you said, tight division race. Like, there's questions, can the Rams beat good teams in the NFC? They haven't really so far this year. And Aaron Donald shows up, and even on the plays where it's like, okay, he had three sacks, that's a really good day for it. That's no, that's an unbelievable day for a D tackle, but it wasn't just sacks. He was, it was pressures, it was TFLs, it was, hey, yeah, I'll take the triple teams this time. Great right, tip, tips, right? Everything. He's just unstoppable. Um, there was plenty that was very stoppable this weekend in football. So, Dave, I will pass it back to you. Who was an absolute dud for you? Is anybody surprised that this guy plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Let's be honest. And I might forget some of of the dud stuff that this guy's done all year long. But Chase Claypool, why are you a loser? This guy, hey, the game is on the line. You're going down driving to try to get the the game-tying touchdown. You catch a football inbounds, and what do you think? Should I get the ball out quick and try to get back to the line so we can spike it? Or should I take my time and do a nice celebration for the cameras? And then when it goes badly, should I get on the podium and blame my offensive line for knocking the ball out of my hands? Is that what I should do? Chase Claypool said yes to those things. Okay. He said, yes, this is the same man that thought, Hey, Mike Tomlin, you know how we get more jacked up as if we had music at practice. Music at practice is good, but that's not going to change the game. My guy. All right. This is a guy that, was getting blown out by the Bengals by 40 points, caught, had a catch against two backups and decided to flex on him. This is the guy Chase Claypool is, man. And this guy's an absolute dud. And he's in the right place because Pittsburgh Steelers are full of idiot duds like that. They always have been. Antonio Brown was amongst the first. And now we're, we're continuing on. We're still cooking with that, are we, at Pittsburgh? 
what a what a, a clown and i mean this is a rare this is a, a rare time where all all three of us can can handshake in the middle there and say what a clown because it was against rich's boys and it's chase claypool of the steelers what a clown yeah dude here's the thing is like mike tomlin it's i'm not sure if you know this has never had a losing season I think the way he runs practice is kind of effective. <laughs> in his whole career, he's never had a losing season. Claypool's like, yo, we should do some different stuff though, because we lost. Like, yeah, okay. we should change everything up. And also earlier, I think I, I was watching the game that he did get, an, I think it was an unnecessary roughness penalty on, um, ooh, sorry for the disrespect. I think Bashad Breland. I can't remember. It was. Yeah, yeah but cu- caught a ball out of bounds and then coming back. And I mean, I mean, two feet away from the ref, the ref looking at his back decides to just take his finger and point in Breland's face mask and push his helmet away. What? <laughs> He's, you know, Dave, you, you, uh, you, you messaged me after that happened. And, you know, like you said, our, um, the bane of our existence for a long time. Number seven down there. He's he's on his way out. But hey, fear not, uh, AFC North fans, because we have a new we have a new guy to uh, to despise, and he's he's making a damn good. He's making it easy. He's making it easy. It, he's, just, he's put himself on our plate to be the next sacrificial lamb. Why you hate the Steelers? Right? Yep. He really, really has. We could talk about Claypool for hours. Rich, I pass it to you, dud, this week. You know, I had a plan going on this, and I might switch it up here. Oh, my God. I've had a beef with a guy all year, and it always eludes me. This is – this is, And you just brought him up. This is unknown to the other booth boy. This is off script. Rich is going for it. Let's go. I just cleaned out my ears. I'm, I'm waiting. I am ready. It hurts me a bit because he's a Viking. Uh-oh. Oh, and my a guy who has had a god-awful season in that Minnesota secondary is Brashad Breland. Oh, no. Brashad, I'm so sorry I did this to you. <laughs> I, he's got, I think, two picks this season. And outside of that, outside of those two plays, he plays like dog shit. He oh. plays like absolute dog shit. I got... I, we signed this guy to be one of our staples of our secondary this offseason. We had him and Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson's been out for a part of the year. Carve, I see you making the face, but I, that's that's unfortunate for him, you know. Freeland has played just god awful. I can't count the amount of bad catches he's given up. It's just I've had a beef with him all year and I needed to get it off my chest. Brashad Breland, you're a fucking dud, buddy. Brashad? Is it Brashad or Bushad? How disrespectful. It is no, it's Bushad. You're right. Bush. So the weirder of the two. No offense. So disrespectful to the guy. Bashad Breland, you just uh, hey, be better. I, I can't offer anything on this because I, I can honestly say I've never uh, outside of that claypool thing, I've never really heard of him. Again, so so fucking disrespectful to Bashad Breland. <laughs> 
Hey, I hope Bashad Breeland comes out as actually the only big, the only major big time like athlete listener of this. And he's like, yo, dog, what the fuck? <laughs> that Reese guy was my bro, and then he talks shit. <laughs> like, yeah. I always saw him out there doing school and shit, and now this. Fuck you. Yeah, that's <laughs> hey, if 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 a guy's bad, you gotta call him out. And unfortunately, this team has plenty of those types of guys. And they've had plenty of those types of guys that have been called out and are no longer with this team. But Las Vegas, the Raiders, that was... So it's almost enough to be like, hey, you lost by about 40 points to a division rival. That's a really duddy performance. That's really pathetic. (laughs) But in typical Raiders fashion, they say that's not enough. It's not enough to just to have the bare minimum of dudness. We need to amplify it. So what do they do before this game in Arrowhead Stadium against a piping, sizzling, red-hot division rival Chiefs team? They say, hey, let's have our team meeting at center field on their logo because that is how we operate. And they got absolutely fucked, and they got fucked for it. They lost 48-9. to They were down 35 nothing in the first half. I think 28 to nothing in the first quarter. It was embarrassing. It was pathetic. And <laughs> you, you mock a team's logo at midfield, you're going to face some repercussion. But the Chiefs said, you know what? We're, gonna, we're just going to play ball, and we'll beat you by 40, and that's the repercussion. And it, hey. Job, that's, Las like, Vegas. that's the equivalent of like you're that kid who's 80 pounds in like grades in grade like seven and you're still playing red rover and you decide like you taunt the biggest kid to come full steam at your arm and you're like bro we're gonna hold them and then you and you, you, the guy you're holding hands with literally your arms get broken as the kid bowls through you that's what they did you guys did the stupid red rover method and hey vegas you probably don't want to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they started this year, and this isn't, they started this year off with a prime time overtime victory over the Ravens, who at the time, that's, hey, that's a pretty good franchise to get a win over. Oh my God, are the Raiders good? Carr was an MVP talks. They were lights out. Darren Waller was unstoppable. Josh Jacobs having a nice year. Brian Edwards looked like he was popping off. Max Crosby. Oh my God. This is the Raiders year. And then not one, two, or three, but every fucking wheel fell off the wagon. And they have come to a crashing halt. They are just an embarrassment. And um, that's that's all there is to say about that. There's <laughs> There was a few people that escaped this conversation most notably one down there in uh in florida certain um certain individual but we are going to talk about him dave i pass it to you for our segment this week well we're going to talk about coaches this week and you know this is one that maybe a lot of people you know if you're a casual fan you probably don't talk about head coaches and upper management so much, but it's a crucial part of the game. You know what they say? You need a coach, you need a quarterback, right? Yep. So we'll take the coaching side. 
the simple question I have for the segment is for the people in question, are they safe? And if not, should they be fired at the end of the season? So there's going to be, we're going to start here with guys that I wrote down as safe. If you guys want to agree, disagree, let me know. Bill Belichick of the Patriots, safe. Andy Reid of the Chiefs, safe. Mike Tomlin might have his first losing season, but for the Steelers, he's safe. Sean Payton of the Saints, probably safe, right? Probably, but some compelling evidence has has emerged to the (laughs) contrary. But on the field, yes, safe. Uh, Well, Sean Payton may not be safe from humiliation in in a Netflix movie coming out soon starring Kevin James as Sean Payton, but we'll dive into that exclusively at some point. Yes. Um, John Harbaugh of the Ravens. Safe, safe, and a catastrophe of injuries, but he's safe. Bruce Arians for the champion Buccaneers, safe. Sean McVay of the Rams, big win last night, safe. Sean McDermott turned around the Bills, maybe not where they want to be, but safe. Matt LaFleur, the absolute thriving Packers, safe. Mike Vrabel and the playoff contending Titans, safe. Cliff Kingsbury and a top tier. Cardinals team, safe. And then I have Frank Reich here. Frank Reich of the Colts. Looks like they're having a good year. Probably going to make the playoffs. I put him as safe. Right? I think those are all slam dunks. The only two that you could maybe have an argument for are Kingsbury and Reich. But I think they're still very safe. I don't think they're getting fired, though, if they decide to leave us not on that. No. And then then I have a crop of guys here who are open for discussion. But I think, for the most part, they're all safe. All right. Right. So you have Ron Rivera in Washington, probably safe. Uh, yeah. Nick Sirianni in his first year with the Eagles are making a push to be in the playoffs. They'll probably give him more time. Uh, yeah. Kevin Stefanski, bad year for the Browns so far, but he's turned that team around in a big way. So I think he's safe. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan looks like he has the 49ers rolling as much as it makes me sick to say. So he's probably safe. Yeah, I think he is too. Right. If you guys disagree at any point, we'll discuss it. But Brian Flores has the Dolphins cooking a bit, had a really good last season. He's probably safe in Miami. Brandon Staley right now, first year coach, has his team eight and five. And potentially if they could get a huge win on Thursday night, that would really be a resume win for him. Uh, and then Zach Taylor right now has the Bengals turned around and the Bengals not only is he probably he's he's we'll give him a benefit of the doubt from learning, but the Bengals staff never fires coaches, no matter if they deserve it or not. <laughs> not saying not saying Zach Taylor does because he doesn't, but if you can be shitty like Marvin Lewis forever and stay keep your job, he's fine. And then here's a while here's one that I think is safe, but we'll see what other people think. Okay, Dan Campbell of the Lions is his job safe. Ooh. <laughs> the thing is, they love playing for him, and they play hard. If they he had do. more talent and a better QB, there's no way that team's a one-win team, right? Exactly. I think the problem doesn't lie in the coaching right? Yes. in Detroit right now. It lies purely in <clears throat> the players they have and that they don't have the weapons they need to win games. Absolutely. Well, also, like, I mean, when, when did they hire him? I can't even remember. But, like – you know, give him another draft. Like, yeah, he, absolutely. 
no one's been able to turn the Lions around for fucking 40 years. So. Like I said, and it's not even like his first round pick didn't didn't pan out because Penny Sewell's starting to play really well. He's very actually. good, yeah. yeah. It, you just, you know, you need a couple more of those caliber guys. And yeah. I think, yeah, but that team plays hard. That pretty plays hard. And then I have coaches that I don't nest case. So let's, we'll just list them out here. Arthur Smith, six and seven for the Falcons. It's his first year. He probably deserves more time to work, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's one. And then I had, on the block, I had Joe Judge for the Giants, but it came out today that they said they're not going to fire him. I wonder so if Judge that's... Is safe. I wonder if that's just, like, not. I was going to say coach speak, but it wouldn't be. I wonder if that's just, like... It was the GM that said it, right? If that was just Gettleman talking, like... Well, so, I mean, that depends if Gettleman goes out because Joe Judge might go out with him. Gettleman but if needs Gettleman to be stays, too. <laughs> if Gettleman stays, Joe Judge, we'll, you know what? We'll leave Joe Judge. We'll leave Joe Judge for now. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So then other coaches here who maybe need more time but I don't love are okay. David Culley for the Texans, mm-hmm. Matt Rule for the Panthers, Rich Basashi is the interim coach of the Raiders, and then Robert Sala of the Jets. Those are all guys that have – Besides Matt Rule, less than a season of coaching experience. Who's the so first? Who's the first let's, one you let's, listed? Let's just run that list again, and we'll okay. see what we think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Robert Sala, three and ten for the Jets. I don't. Rich I think Eagle. you got to give him more of an opportunity. You came into a Jets team that was absolute hot garbage to start with, so you can't <laughs> expect him to just turn this thing around on a dime. Right. I I agree. I think it. And I mean, this doesn't have anything to do with Sala, but I don't know if it, I don't know if it's Zach Wilson himself or if it is the coaching. But he doesn't look like he's taken strides at all, and he's not the only top two overall quarterback that we'll talk about. But he, you got to give him another year. You have to. Okay, the interim coach of the Raiders, Rich Basachi, special teams guy. He's probably not going to be the coach next year, I assume. Correct? No, he, probably not. He also probably doesn't want to be. Like, Correct. hasn't hasn't he been a special teams guy for like 30 years? Right. And I, I I have no doubt because it sounds like the guys really like him. He'll stick with the Raiders, but yes. he's probably not going to be the coach. So with the turmoil going there, the fact that he's three and five, I will give him props, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But he's been saying that he's probably he's an interim coach, so we'll leave that as may. Uh, this is another coach here who, very much like Robert Sala, just has an absolute dog shit organization and probably <laughs> deserves time when they have any weapons at all. David Coley, two and eleven with the Texans. Well, that one's tough too because it's like <laughs> we all know the elephant in the room. There's some tough stuff going on there, and if they had certain pieces available to their disposal, whether that be on the field or as an asset. Maybe it's different, but yeah, I do. It, when that hire when was announced, dude, that was so weird because he was the Ravens. I think he was the passing game coordinator or the wide receivers coach. Oh yeah, <laughs> of the thirty second ranked passing offense from the last two years. Right. Yeah. So that's one of those weird ones where, like, are they just hiring a guy who will just like do the will of the front office through them? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. but hey. So- I think a guy like that too, well, in an organization organization like that, the Texans, which are a completely broken front office, yes, they could do anything and 
fire a guy who's had one year and yep. don't give him a shot. And it felt like this was a guy that was brought in almost spiteful of Deshaun Watson because he wasn't on Deshaun Watson's list of head coaches that he was talking with the team and they said they were committing to working with him on. The thing about David Culley's for me is he's very much the same thing as Nick Sirianni with the Eagles, except the Eagles front office actually like gave him pieces and aren't sabotaging it. Right. Whereas David Culley's being sabotaged. It feels like <laughs> yes. I, I, th- I mean this, I would rather pay to work for the New York jets than be paid to work for the New York or for the Houston Texans. Yes. They are so ass backwards. It's unbelievable. So David Culley, we're going to chalk up as we have no idea what you're doing here and we'll leave it at that then. <laughs> I'm not going to cross him off the list of guys we've talked about. I'm just going to put a big old fat question mark beside his name. Yes, we don't know where he came from. Do. We don't know why he's there. Okay. And then we have two more guys before we get right down to the, you guys need to be chopped here. Joe Judge. Maybe he does deserve to be chopped, but we don't know if he will be. So it sounds like right now of 10 and 19 as well. Yeah. It sounds like he's not going to be, but I really believe he should be. Okay. I really believe he should be. And I don't think he will be, but there was like, was it this preseason? Was it this preseason and training camp when like three linemen got traded there? And then on the first day they didn't, they didn't demand a trade. They didn't say, Hey, we're not suiting up. They retired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that is, I don't, he had his, he had his guys, he had his line running. Like it sounds like some weird shits going on in New York. And then he comes out and he's like, if you, if you follow analytics, you're basically a dipshit. And it's like, uh, uh, <laughs> Hey Joe, string a couple wins together here, champ. Like, it, see, that, that's the thing about that is like, I really like <laughs> some of his methods. Like, oh, you don't make us run, like, lines. We're pros. Like, hey, get over it, your baby. And, like, I don't mind some of the old school stuff, like, going gut instead of analytics. But, like, and then you look and he's 10 and 19. And he just, like, loses all of these games and loses in prime time. And I'm like, well, I can like the method and not the result, I guess, because I don't like what's happening. I don't yeah. think we can automatically say safe just because, like, Gettleman comes out and says right. this. I want to – I don't want to cross – shows too much here but we kind of saw this happen with the Edmonton Elks in the CFL this year and it was announced that (laughs) by their uh, CEO that their head coach and their GM would not be fired after a terrible losing season and the organization and board of directors came out and fired that CEO and the head coach and GM. (laughs) Yeah they cleaned the house right so I mean we could see an Edmonton style cleaning for the Giants and like Honestly, I, they for how bad it. that franchise is, yeah, it's probably the best yeah. choice. They fucking need that, man. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to circle Joe Judge as you're fired. You're fired. You're yes. fired. Okay, and then the last one before you get into the ones I think should really be fired, Matt Rule, should he be fired? Dude, I don't know. Like, actually, I'm going to – Rich, you go, because up until the, uh, up until the old switcheroo there, the dud this week for Rich was the Panthers as a whole. So, so Rich, what, what are your thoughts? I think he should be. I think he should get the hell out of town. Just the stuff that went on all season with different disagreements with coaches and firings because of that. And oh, 
this is unfortunate. And I think Matt Rule, you're a common denominator here and what's going wrong with the Panthers. And I think you got to leave. Let's, let's, let's just look at this way. What is Matt Rule? What is his specialty? It's offense. Mm-hmm. What's broken on that team? <laughs> the offense. Yeah. He got rid of the offensive coordinator. What does it look like now? He's going to run a two QB system. Yeah, I remember when that worked. You guys remember all the teams that won with a two QB system? Yeah, yeah. me, right? <laughs> and this guy at one point had the best defense and let this crumble away, right? That's what's happened under Matt Rule. Like, in my opinion, he should be fired. Will he? We don't know, but yeah. I think he should be. I think he should be as well. I, I, that's three. <laughs> all right, Matt Rule, you fired. You all right. Fired. All right, so now we are down to five more coaches left. We have five. And we're going to start with the one we've discussed lightly on this podcast before. With a career record of 161, 112, and 1, Pete Carroll for the Seattle Seahawks. And as of late, the Seahawks have turned it on with three straight wins, have they not? Yeah. Is this going to be enough to hold Pete Carroll his position one more year where he holds so much power? I think you got to have a winning record in your last four games if you're mm-hmm. Pete Carroll right. to keep your job. If you go two and two or below, you're fired. If you go three and four or three and one or four and oh, I think you keep your job. See, and the. <clears throat> I, I agree with that. And I think the thing is, so they have, they're in SoFi taking on the Rams. Then they get the Bears at home. Then they get the Lions at home. Then they're in Arizona and Arizona has been bad at home. Um, they've been dominant on the road, but <sighs> I, I think the result and what I think should happen are two different things. I think his time's done that, that, that magic that him and Russ had that connection, that all that, I think that's faded away. I don't think he will get fired. I think he'll somehow manage to squeak a squeak, a winning record or whatever, like a, in this last four. But uh, I, I just, Take Russ off that. And I understand saying, hey, take the franchise quarterback off any team. And what does he have? It's tough. But really, man, take the take the one of the greatest mid to late round finds ever off his team. He, they don't they haven't drafted well in like 10 years since that draft. Like <laughs> I think it'll be interesting if Pete Carroll does keep his job. Because it sounds like next year we might see that team without Russell Wilson. God, I hope we do. I hope. And we then do. I, I almost want to keep, see Pete Carroll keep his job just so that our opinion here can be proven right. He gets exposed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> see, that's the thing. If you're the Seahawks, though, your best choice honestly should be get rid of Pete and let Russ decide what happens next because you don't want to lose Russ. That's the only well, thing I was that gonna, works. I was, this guy's I, a legend in Seattle. He's Mr. Seattle, right? Okay, well, he's Mr. Unlimited also, but hypothetical. You guys are – are. I know and that's the thing. I know Pete has a lot of sway, but you guys are the ones who make the decision for the Seahawks, okay? Mm-hmm. You basically have – do you want one of the best quarterbacks of his generation, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, unique unicorn talent, or 
do you want the, I believe this is true, second oldest active head coach, 70 years old, who had a losing record every single season before Russell Wilson? Here's the thing, too. It's like Keep one. He's a defensive coach, and his defense is awful. His defense isn't awful. His defense is historically bad. So, I mean, what's – I know he has too much power. He's like – He's like Chancellor Palpatine in Star Wars, right? Like, he's going to keep his job because he controls the Senate, right? That's the deal. But, like, he's he's awful, and it's time has run out. I'm not saying he's a legendary – not a legendary coach who will make the Hall of Fame because he will. He is. Yeah, he's a absolutely. He's champion and, and a national college champion coach. Yep. He is that, but his his time is done. You right? can't take away his legacy, but yeah. his, his time is done. And, yeah, as soon as you take away the – three to four borderline if not for sure hall of fame players on his defense earl thomas cam chancellor bobby wagner uh richard sherman like four guys that have a chance to make the hall that defense instantly fell apart and i think the thing for me is like it's not even that it just fell apart and you lost those guys it's that he had seven years since then to make them better and he hasn't that's the thing more for me is it's not that those guys left and you were worse because naturally it was that in the last six years after the Legion of Boom, you have, you've been awful. Yep. So yeah, Pete Carroll, if it's up to us, you're fired. If it's up to us, that's a, that's a three Oh vote. Get out of here. All right, Carve. I'm going to start with you on this one. Career record of 32 and 31. <clears throat> Almost got fired already, but apparently that wasn't right. Those were only rumors. Your boy, Matt Nagy, does he keep his job? Matt Nagy. (laughs) Okay. Matt Nagy is former coach of the year, former coach of the year. year. And that's a, if that's not the biggest black mark on how bullshit awards are, then I don't know what is. Yes. He did take Mitch Trubisky to the playoffs, but Matt Nagy might be the stupidest fucking head coach in the NFL. He might be the stupidest head coach of the last 20 years. The, the absolute debacle with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton at the beginning when, okay, you wanted to win games. So you're going to start Andy Dalton because Fields wasn't ready yet. Okay. Sounds good. But then you started Fields and he looked good, but then, okay, no, no, no. We want to keep his develop. And then they said, Hey, We want Fields as our guy. They committed to him. And they said, do you know what we're going to do? We're going to have this rookie kid, this Justin Fields guy who has generational athleticism at the quarterback position, who's, you know, was one of the, he's one of the faces of the next generation of of QB. We're going to have him just drop back 50 times and dissect coverages. Hey man, do a play action. Hey, do anything, do anything else. He's so fucking bad. He needs to be fired. He might need to be banned from the NFL because I don't think that he should be allowed to touch a roster again. He's a curse. And then the cherry on all of this last game they were playing against the Packers, Lambeau Field, division game, prime time. Matt Nagy, hey, they get a lead on the Packers. They get a lead and they say, hey, we're. We're trying for the upset here. And at halftime, they ask him, how's it going, Matt? How do you think your team's playing? Adjustments for the second half. What do you need to work on? And he says, you know, I'm just having a lot of fun. <laughs> Matt, your time is done. I don't care you're above 500. You're dog shit. Get out. 
And by the end of this, he probably won't be 500 by the end of the season. Yes. Um, is it Rich, do you have anything to add to this, or do you just want to circle fired on here? You can just circle fired. He's a fucking idiot. Idiot. Do you know how many coaches in the NFL right now would kill for Justin Fields? Yeah. Like, how many coaches would be like, man, I wish we would have had that guy. And Matt Nagy's like, hey. you, want, you want me to list some coaches that would? <laughs> All the ones that we talked about? Like, <laughs> yeah, I could list. I give you a big old fat list of them. Like, I think there's probably 31 of them. There's probably 31 teams that would love to have Justin Fields on the roster. I'm saying I'm looking at six of them right now. Just, just I just glanced at my paper and looked back, and I already saw six. Right? Yep. And yep. that's one. That's the way it is. That's the way it yeah, is. Yeah, Matt Nagy, and it sounds like he's in trouble. He, he, and it sounds like he almost got. He, he literally rumors were flying at Thanksgiving that he was going to get fired. Mm-hmm. So you I mean that's a pretty bad start to know that hey everybody hates you. And you almost got fired midway through the year. So he's probably done at the end of this. I mean, and just like, I don't agree with it. I think it's kind of a scumbag move. I think it's a shithead move to do. But at his kid's high school football game, there were fans chanting fire Nagy. Hey, kid didn't deserve that. That's bullshit. Don't do that. But also, good God. Also, yeah, read the room here. Uh, read the room. Resign. All right. So the next two are two coaches that I think their their jobs are on the line and they probably may be fired but i think they're significantly better coaches than all of the rest of the people that we named off here like they're they're in the on the block and they may lose their jobs but they're significantly better coaches i would trust to get another job all right we'll start off with rich you know him you love him i loved him in the dc and cincinnati but here we are mike zimmer job on the line how do we see this one going I think this all depends on these last four games for the Vikings. It was really kind of like, if you like after every win, everybody's so high on Mike Zimmer. And after every loss, everybody wants him out of fucking town. And I feel the exact same after every Vikings game, no matter, however it goes. So I think it'll really be telling if this team makes the playoffs I think he has a secure job. Maybe they need to win a playoff game for him to have a secure job. This is this is like you said before with other guys is, and and you said it with Matt Rule is, his specialty is defense, and the problem on this Vikings team is the defense. The offense is cooking on this Vikings team. This offense is amazing. This defense is a 22nd ranked defense and they just seem to make the worst mistakes at the worst times. I like, yeah, Rich, obviously you're the, you're the, uh, the expert on this, this particular case here. Um, Just from like an outsider perspective, it always seems like you guys are in the game. Like, I can't remember, like, obviously it happens and it happens to everybody. It sucks, but, you know, blowouts happen. But it seems like the Vikings are in every game. And then all of a sudden, a a series of bad coaching mistakes or bad situational defense or whatever happens. And just like that, it's over. And I mean, hey, you're, you're our boy. You know, we've seen it happen all too many, too many times. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like Zim's going to need to, to really go on a playoff run to keep his job. I think 
a guy in Minnesota whose job's really on the line and we should be talking about more is Rick Spielman, the GM. I think okay. this is a Vikings team that has struggled in that defensive backfield for so long. It feels like every year we draft a corner and it never pans out. So something's going wrong here, guys, and we got to figure out what it is. Are we talking Are we talking an Edmonton Elks clean sweep of the Vikings? Are we saying Spielman, get out of town? Hey, Zim, follow him. Right um, now, I would say I would be happier if Rick Spielman was out of town and Zim stayed. Okay, okay. And then you, and then you give Kellen Mom the keys to the car and you say, hey, kid. Well, you say, hey, kid, do what you can. We got to pay Kirk's contract next year no matter what. So yeah. Kirk will be there. For another year. I mean, just to add my two cents in, you would know better than I would, so I'm going to take Rich's judgment on this. But for Zimmer, he's a guy that I think he's actually a good coach. I do. I would, If I was a different team looking for a coach, I would consider Zimmer right away. It's just this has run its course. I think that's as much as anything else. Maybe the Vikings thing has run its course. You had some playoff success, but you never crossed the threshold always to being that elite contender. So maybe it's just time to freshen up, right? Maybe it's – this is more a parting of the ways. It will be said, like, oh, he got fired. But it's as much parting of the ways more than, like, oh, this guy sucks ass. We're we're just going to cut him, right? We've said it multiple times on this podcast and in regards to Pete Carroll, but with with the Vikings as well. How long are you okay with being okay? Right. And then that's, and I'd see like, as out of all these coaches, Zimmer is the most that you can be a good team with Zimmer, but you're not going to be the great team in this iteration of the Vikings. So it's time to shift focus and try something new. I think Zimmer will be a coach in this league, a head coach in this league next year. It's just going to be a question of who with. So right now we'll give him, you're fired, except the, the apostrophe is going to be a little hard in the your because we like him. It's just, yes. it's, it's just not your time, <laughs> guy. <laughs> okay. And yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. It's a soft firing for Mike Zimmer. Hey, soft firing, but we, we, I hope we're still friends after this breakup, Mike it's, Zimmer. Yeah, it's, you, you take him to a restaurant, nice meal. You say, hey, listen, it's just, you know. All right. I Matt Rule, Joe Judge, Pete Carroll, Matt Nagy, I'm texting you. We're done. All right. Yep. Mike oh Zimmer, yeah. I'm taking you to the keg, and we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna right? talk That's about it, and we're gonna work out rules for being friends. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And here's one that's interesting because I know certain people feel on him, and this is our second last one because there's one really stinky one we'll get to at the end. But here's another one I think is a good coach, and I would consider being a coach again. And there's people probably listening to this that may disagree with me on this, but we have. 17 and 25 in Denver, Vic Fangio. Sounds like he's done. That's what it sounds like from reports I hear. But he's he's a defensive coach and his defense is still good. That team just doesn't have a quarterback. That team is playing good football right now. They've really come on as of late. I don't even know if he I don't know if he deserves to be fired, but maybe it's the same thing. Maybe it's just time to split, take you out to supper, Vic. Discuss why it didn't work, how we could be better people, stay in contact. Maybe that's how it is, but I want to hear what you guys have to say because I like Vic Fangio. So I wouldn't, I'm not taking him to the restaurant, uh, but I'm not texting him either. 
I'm okay, probably I'm probably picking him up. Or no, you know, I'm probably walking to his house saying, Hey, you want to go for a walk? You know, it's a nice evening stroll. Let's talk about this. And just just a you know, half hour walk around the block, something, let him down. I do think how long is is this his second or third year? I think this is his third. Third or fourth, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cause he wasn't a new coach last year. Fuck was he? No. I can't remember. He's been there for a bit. He's, He's been there for a bit. Yeah. It's tough. So the Drew Locke experiment didn't work. The Teddy Bridgewater experiment didn't work. They have pieces all over that offense to, to make it go. Like they have pieces all over to be not only a good, but explosive offense, a, a very good offense. <clears throat> And it just is, it's flat. It's anemic. You know what it is? It's um, its the solo and sweet child of mine. Flat, completely flat. It's, it's terrible. And, you know, how long are you okay with being okay? That might be, the, that might be the tagline of this show, but that's, that's Denver, man. Like, yeah, they've turned it up, but it, that's almost the problem when you keep just sneaking into playoffs or you look good at the end of the season. It's like, okay, that's great that you string together these seasons of mediocrity, but you know, I don't think with Vic Fangio, you can take that next step. So I would let him go. I would. And that's what I was saying. Why I put him in the category of Zimmer. He's a good coach. And I think you should consider him for coaching or for coordinator positions. Cause he is good. It's I was going to say, maybe, maybe it's, this is just, just separate ways, right? I would. I think he's a good coordinator. That's right. what I'd say. Yeah, and that's fair. Yeah. I would say that you could maybe keep him around, but you have to get rid of Pat Shermer as your OC for right. sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and and you. And this is this is you need to find the guy at the helm this year. Right. And that could be that's something that I'm sure they're going to look at because th- this is the only the second year with George Patton as GM in Denver yeah. instead of John Elway. So, well, and I think my- that's that's as big as a factor as anything. Is I think Patton might just he'll he might clean house for Shermer and Vic Fangio just to put his own stamp on this team, right? Oh, and that's, a, that's an important thing, right? You need to do that. To, to set the stage, right? The Broncos are going to end up with Mike Zimmer. <laughs> I, I probably figure they go offense. Right? They might go offensive. Go but... flip, oh, no. Right? The, the, Broncos, the Broncos are going to end up with Matt Rule. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I'd be okay if Zim, if Zim came over and took that defense over in Denver. He'd, he'd do well there. They have good pieces, right? Well, the he thing is, is, like, if I was Denver, okay – and I'm not, but if I was, I would be like, listen, every scout on this fucking payroll, everyone, you are scouting quarterbacks. You are scouting a quarterback. You're looking around the league. We're making calls. We're talking about quarterbacks, quarterback, 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 quarterback. You got the franchise running back last year. You have, you paid your wide receivers. So you have your weapons. You have your two tight ends. You have a good offensive line. Your defense is great. Your secondary, fantastic. Safety, star safety, paid. Linebackers will get healthy next year. D-line, got some pieces, got some great edge rushing talent. 
you need one position on the field. That's what we're getting this offseason. Hey, is your specialty scouting tight ends? Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. What do you see in this guy? Is he good? Draft him. I think Denver is in a situation where they have an opportunity in front of them to get a top quarterback. And yes. that could be Aaron Rodgers or that could be Russell Wilson. Easily. If you don't get either of those two guys, I think it's a disappointment. If I don't think. Don't, I honestly don't think they get either of them. Maybe no. this is the conversation for the offseason. Why would Aaron Rodgers leave Green Bay, where he has the the best team he's ever had, with a place that develops him well, to go to Denver? No offense, Denver's fine destination, but why? And then Russell Wilson's wife wants to go somewhere. They say that's pretty big, big, big scale. I don't think Denver's the place where she wants to go to make her brand. You know what I mean? If those things are true, if those things are true. I I thought that at first too, but then it came out that Russell Wilson waived his no trade clause for three teams and Denver was one of them. Yeah, it was, it was Denver, New York giants and the saints, the saints potentially, which that would be dangerous, but also (laughs) the Broncos in this, there's this whole, all this talk Rogers and Russell Wilson, they're going to fucking end up with Jordan love. And I, I mean, <laughs> I see. Here's the thing: is like, is it probably not their answer? I could easily see like, Russ leaves. Pete somehow keeps his job because Russ gets him to seven wins. Russ is gone. His his wife says she wants him to pick somewhere. He thinks, man, you know, you know, it's a good place for me. Miami, great defense, a budding offensive place, and you know that trickles down. Denver gets to a. And two is fine. Two is not bad at all, but it's just maybe not the guy. But that's where, if I was to guess right at this moment, that chain of events could happen, right? Could happen for sure. I think the problem with Denver is that they've had too many quarterbacks that that aren't the guy, but they're a guy. And it's like, okay, that's that's what you guys have been having since 2015. Is, and I think, is I think a guy. if my reality I just conjured up right there somehow goes to course, it's funny because... Tua is better than a guy, but he's not as good as the franchise guy. So it's part of the course, right? They're getting a little bit better each time. Every time. And then by the time they find the guy, fucking Bradley Chubb's retired. Sertain has <laughs> demanded a trade. Simmons is old. Like it they need to find the guy this year. I if they I think if they if Rogers and Wilson make themselves available this offseason, which Rogers I think has the power, like he it's his option now. Yeah. And then Russ said he would move his no trade clause or whatever for those three teams. I think if both those guys are available and then, and they don't end up with either one, then that's a disappointment for sure. Right. If not, then like there are some first round talent guys this year. You have to get one. You have to, whether it's Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, whoever it is. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get in we'll get into this when it's more draft time, right? Exactly, but, but it's just like but for, as we're saying, Vic Fangio. Yeah. <laughs> All that to say this. Okay, so we had Matt Rule, Joe Judge, Matt Nagy, uh, Pete Carroll. You guys are getting a text. This ain't this ain't good. This ain't working. We got to break this off. Yep. Mike Zimmer, we're taking you to the keg. We're going to talk about the good times. Hope we stay friends. Yep. Vic Fangio, we're coming. We'll bring a couple coffees. We'll take a stroll around the block. This isn't working. We've got to move on. Yep. Okay. And this next one is the last one. And this is a guy who I would 
you would have on your Facebook profile that you're in a relationship with Urban Meyer. And then all of a sudden you would never talk to them again. You change your number, you delete your Facebook and you would ghost them. They think you're in a relationship with them and you actually just ghosted them and never talk to them again. That is the chain of events that has to happen when you break up with Urban Meyer right now. It is. Is it, is it an exaggeration to say it's maybe the most outside of like, maybe John Gruden now that we know everything, but this is one of the most toxic head coaching situations I've ever, ever, ever heard of. It was so unbelievable that he was like a legend and people were so excited to have him come in and let's, let's, let's see what urban's done. Okay. Week four, he loses this in Cincinnati. He stays in Cincinnati, stays in Ohio where he's from Ohio state where he's been, so that he can go to a club and fingy, <laughs> fingy bum some chicks. Okay. And they got it on camera. This is bad. Okay. That is a bad look for Urban Meyer. Is that where it ends? Absolutely not. He goes and reports come out that he told all of his head coaches or his assistant coaches that they had to prove their resume to him why they are winners. When Urban Meyer has done nothing in the NFL, he's done nothing. College is different than the NFL. He's done nothing but he wants his coaches to prove why they're not losers. And then he comes out and says, I didn't call them losers. Take that off the record. It wasn't losers. That's what he said. So he called them something else, probably defamatory to them, but he didn't call them losers. Okay. We'll leave it at that. He benches James Robinson, one of the best players on that offense, an absolute stud running back. He benches him because he fumbled once. He shouldn't fumble. I agree, but Hey, this guy's your best option of winning some games. He leaves them off until Trevor Lawrence says, hey, coach, I think we need James out there on the field. Urban, all right, put him on the field. And then we comes out, hey, uh, new safety Jordan Cisco. We need to see that guy get some more snaps. Hey, he's pretty good. Oh, yeah, I don't have the snap count in front of me, but, like, he got more snaps this week. He got exactly zero snaps that week. Urban Meyer, what's going on? Uh, Urban Meyer. You know, the, like you said, you don't even give this guy a text. You ghost him. You know what you do? You just get married to someone else. <laughs> like, instantly. He's a guy. Why the hell would you hang on to him another week? Why wouldn't you fire him tomorrow? What? Do you, what? Do you, oh, you're gonna wait for a push? No. Oh, we're gonna. 11. He gives 11. our he gives our best chance of winning. Does he? You're two and eleven. Urban Meyer's supposed to be an offensive guy, also, and they have an unbelievably bad offense with a generational talent like Trevor Lawrence at the helm. We'll just say that as well. That is one of the more. That's okay. So there's all the like interpersonal like relationship and dynamic absolute atrocities but then there's also like we said with justin fields dude and it's kind of what we touched on with robert Sala and zach wilson we have not seen any development not just from a first round quarterback from trevor lawrence who had 35 36 starts at clemson so i would say pretty decent sample size and he was the highest hyped prospect since Andrew Luck, John Elway, you know, one of those guys. And we haven't seen anything and he's looked bad. Again, how many teams would 
kill for Trevor Lawrence. How many, like, and Urban Meyer, he's fucking, do you know who I'd rather have coaching my team? That, uh, who replaced Jim Harbaugh on the Niners? Jim Tom Sula? <laughs> Him. It's unbelievable how bad Urban Meyer is. I think I would rather have any single coordinator in this league as my head coach than Urban Meyer. Yep. Yep. Do you know how like embarrassing it would be if the person that hired you three months ago called you in the office and said, hey, you're an absolute loser. Why do you deserve to be here? And it's like, well, you, you chose me. What are you talking about? You knew my resume before I got, I got this job. The thing that's hilarious about this too, is he has like the former uh, quarterback coach OC combo. That was like with Russ the year that they won the Super Bowl and they beat the Denver Broncos. And he has the audacity to be like, Hey, prove me you're not losers when he's, Literally a first-year coach in the NFL hasn't done anything in the pros, and he's like, "Oh well, I was good in college. You tell me why you deserve to be here, like my guy. You should tell them why you deserve to be here, like holy smokes." It's kind of hard to tell them why you deserve to be here because you fucking don't, Urban. You don't. You don't. And I absolutely love the graphic from I believe it was when he was on Fox talking about it was Urban Meyer and his. Uh, his keys to watch for a dysfunctional franchise. And it was lack of trust, selfishness. And I can't remember what the last one was, but Ooh, it was the pot calling the kettle black because goddamn, urban you. And then I know one I forgot to mention as well is he got in a big fight with uh, veteran receiver, Marvin Jones, who used to be a Bengal that by all accounts, the Bengals media said this man was a sweetheart, like a good well-known veteran presence around the league. Good guy. He gets in a fight with him. Marvin has to leave and people have to talk him back into the building. Right. That's the kind of guy that you're dealing with right now with urban Meyer. That, and then of course, this is, this is by, this is by no means a major thing. It's just another layer. There's the clip that's coming out after they got shut out by the Tennessee Titans on Sunday of Mike Rabel going to shake his hand. Hey, you know, good, good game, Urban. And Urban Meyer wouldn't look him in the eye. Could fairly barely get his fucking limp dick hand up to shake it. Like, what a disrespectful piece of shit. I wish Rabel would have beat the dog shit out of him right there at right, like, I mean, you look at I list, I'm looking right now at the list of coaches. And in all seriousness, Mike Rabel may be the most well-equipped to, to beat the shit out of anybody. Yep. And like, man, oh man, Mike Rabel would have got a, a big old fine, but a pat on the back by the media and everybody if he would have socked them. Everyone would have been like, okay, you know, probably shouldn't do that, but also, good, nice but, job. But yeah, nice. I mean, Rabel and Dan Campbell are the two guys that like, these dudes could ragdoll Urban Meyer and we would love it. Yes. And here's the thing also is like, Dan Campbell, by all accounts, has a worse football team and has the worst record in the league, we all agreed Dan Campbell is a decent head coach so far. Because so his, yeah. his guys play hard as shit for him. His guys give a shit. He clearly has that locker room. Like, guys are bought in. He's so passionate. You can see how much he cares. Yes, when he cried at the podium, a lot of people were, I was one of them, making fun of him. And, hey, say what I want. He cares. Urban Meyer, if he got told tomorrow, hey, 
not only are you fired, but like you're never allowed to step foot in the NFL again. It doesn't look like you would care. They're not competitive. They're not in close games. The Lions play everybody hard. Urban Meyer. There's there's just not enough negative things to say about the Urban Meyer experiment, experiment here. If you bought tickets to the Urban Meyer experience right now, it's time to return it or just jump out of the, out of the boat because it's done. Here are here are your losses: thirty-seven to twenty-one against the Texans, 19 31-19, Then you squeak one out in London against the Dolphins. Then you lose thirty-one to seven, and then you win nine to six, and you lose twenty-three seventeen. Then you lose thirty to ten. Then you lose twenty-one to fourteen. Then you lose thirty-seven to seven. Then you get shut out twenty nothing. There's not enough negativity in the world, and there was the video of it was Lavisca Chenault and I can't remember the other receiver, and I don't. I, this might not be directly on Urban Meyer, all right, but. The route combo, the concept was a wide receiver running like a 10-yard in, and then the receiver beside him in the formation running a 10-yard out, and they just collided and tripped over each other, which, yep, hey, obviously look where you're going, (laughs) but if that's a design that he ran, what are you doing? I mean, yeah, that's like player error, but also you're the head coach responsible for this team known as an offensive guy. And to see that stuff happen on your offense, bad. Like, Urban Meyer. He... Yeah, let, let's just leave it there. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, you were in a relationship, and then you've never heard of this person again. They got wiped off the face of the earth. Yep. Pete Carroll, Matt Nagy, Joe Judge, Matt Rule, text, hey, we're done. Zimmer, nice, nice supper. We love you, buddy, but just not the time. Vic Fangio, coffee, a walk around the block, time to part ways. Yep. That's what we got here. Yep. But then, but then, of course, you, you know, just just to bring back some positivity, you got the you got the Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Harbaugh, Tomlin. You, you buy him roses, you buy him flowers. Say, hey, love you, babe. Like never, never. You know, we're good. We're yeah, good. You text, you text them midway through the day. Yeah. I miss you, babe. How's your day been? Right? Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, you bet. That All was, right. that, that, that was the coaching segment. Hey, loved it. How would you break up with an NFL coach? There and, we go. And that's, that's how we would do it. But of course, boys, you know what time it is. This is a massive, monstrous, gigantic week of NFL football. And especially for the Booth Boys pickups, because as we mentioned earlier, we were spicy last week. Rich yes. and me, Rich and me, both went twelve and two. Twelve and two. Dave, Dave you went ten and four. Still a really good record. Unreal. I, that that doesn't reflect accurately because Jake Fromm didn't play, so I guess technically okay. didn't lose that one. <laughs> so that brings our current. That brings our current records. Carve, you're still trailing. Fucking shit, dog. But you are now 70 and 56. That's pretty good. Dave, still leading the way. That's 77 and 49. I am 
right behind you at 76 and 50. Ooh. Un- this is gonna this is gonna get close here, fellas. This is gonna be a race to the finish with four weeks left. This is. And of course, in the NFL season, this is the first week with no teams on a bye um, since buys started. So we have 16 games. We have a full slate to go through, and we start off big divisional game in SoFi Stadium. We have the Kansas City Chiefs fresh off of demolishing the piss-poor Las Vegas Raiders, taking on the L.A. Chargers. Herbert coming off of a very strong performance. Rich, let's start with you. Chiefs, Chargers, who do you got? We did see a good game from the Chargers last week, but that was the their first good game in a in a in a bit. In a minute, it's been a, it's been a really rocky road for the Chargers this season, and I don't think they're a good enough team to take down what is a very hot Kansas City team right now. This was a Kansas City team we all thought, oh, maybe they're not the team they were the last two years. And it's starting to look like they are the team that they were the last two years. So I'm going to go Kansas City in this one. Dave? I think I have to agree with with, uh, Rich there. It's got to be the Chiefs. Not only has their defense bucked up in a big way, but that Chargers team, not only do they find a lot of ways to lose games, but their defense just isn't reliable enough to think that they're going to be able to win a close one with, with the chiefs or a shootout with the chiefs, right? By all metrics, it seems like it's probably a chiefs team that's going to win this game. And they want a little revenge on their mind because I'm pretty sure the chargers won the first game earlier in the year. Right. Yes. Right. So, I mean, they have a reason to get fired up coming off a huge stomping of a division rival last week. I think it's going to be chiefs all the way. Yeah. I will round out uh, for the chiefs there. I think, um, yeah, the Chiefs are just piping hot. Chargers, a little rocky here. Um, I think Chargers got some good things in that building. I really do. But like I said, the defense can't count on them. And that's exactly why the Chiefs have been so dominant. Is that defense the last month and a half, two months? They look fantastic. Um, So I will take the Chiefs as well there. Moving on to... Saturday, what? Not Sunday? Not Monday, but Saturday. We have two games on Saturday, starting with uh, the Raiders in Cleveland taking on the Browns. You know, it, it's a game. Um, I'm going to take the Browns in this one. The Raiders, hey, <laughs> I understand they're the Chiefs, but have some self-respect, you know, stand up for yourself at all. Uh, Brown's coming off of a victory against the Ravens. They almost squeaked one out, but couldn't. Uh, I'm going to take the Browns here. I just think they're the better team. Simple as that. Dave? I really want to talk some shit about the Browns, and I want to pick an upset. But not only are you guys on my ass now in the pick but, like, this Raiders team really can't be trusted at this point. Derek Carr is only so magical, and I think the magic is almost kind of run its course. 
And I mean, I don't, I don't trust the Browns as an elite team. Still, I still think only beating Tyler Huntley by two points is kind of a bad sign, but I think they have enough to get it done this week. So I'll take the Browns also. Rich. Yeah. For me, I'm going to pick the Browns here too, but it really has nothing to do with my faith in the Browns and it all has to do with my lack of faith in the Raiders. Right. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. Next up on Saturday night, 7.20 p.m. Saturday night. What a – can't wait. One of the games of the weekend, we have the Patriots in Indianapolis taking on the Colts. That is a very intriguing game. Um, Patriots, first seed in the AFC. Colts, they're coming. They have been hot. They've been playing very, very good football. Um Rich, let's start with you here. Where do you see this one going? My thought process with this is New England can't finish the season not losing a game, and if they're going to lose a game, this is the one because the Colts are hot. So I am going to pick the Colts in this one. I like it. Dave? I'm interested to hear what you have to say, Carve, because I know how much you like the Colts, and I'm, I want to know where your head's at before I make this pick. Yes, so I love the Colts a lot. But Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. And, Rich, I understand what you're saying. You know, the Patriots can't win out. Why, yes, they can. <laughs> Bill Belichick is an evil genius. He's a mad scientist. He's the smartest football brain we've ever seen. Um, I think he knows. Well, I, I don't think he knows. He knows. AFC's, or, uh, Chiefs are coming. Chiefs are coming in the AFC. And he's saying, hey, I can make a legit run here. I have the team. I have the guy. I can make a run. Would I rather play in Foxborough or Arrowhead? And I think he knows that every game's must win. This is the biggest one they have left. Um, I'm going to go with the Patriots on this one. It's going to be a good game, though. Yeah, for all those reasons for both of you guys said, I'm like, I'm really looking forward to this game. I think even if it's just selfishly to hope that there's a playoff spot open for the Bengals, I'm going to take the Patriots here. Um, if the Colts win this game, they prove that they're probably the team you want to face the least out of teams that may probably end up being a wildcard team. This is going to be the biggest game of the Colts season to prove how good they actually are. But I'm going to take the Patriots because a lot of this Colts offense runs through Jonathan Taylor, do or die. And Bill knows that, and he's going to take Jonathan Taylor away. Yep. And I just, I just trust the Patriots to win more ways, whether it's their short passing game, their running game, their absolutely incredibly feisty defense. I think I'm going to take the Pats. Well, and also, I mean, just on a side note, like Bill Belichick is the kind of guy that he waits for you to beat yourself. Right. And Carson Wentz having a great, great year. If there is a guy that has been prone to beating himself every now and then, it is Carson Wentz. So I think that could be a difference maker too. Uh, moving on, we have the Panthers in Buffalo taking on the Bills. I'm taking the Bills in this one. Um, mostly for the fact that the Panthers suck. And I'm I'm going to move on. Rich? <laughs> Same here. Like, I don't think the Bills are a good team. I made this take a while ago that did. 
the Bills are not a good team. I don't think they're a team that can get things done right now. I don't think they'll end up being a wild card team. Um, I think they'll be one of those teams that are out in favor of maybe a, a Cincinnati instead. Hopefully for your sake, Dave. Love that. Um, but they are better than Carolina because Carolina is. Carolina. I think if I think if the three of us strapped up pads, I think we could rival Carolina. I'm not going to go that. I'm not going to go that far. But I'm going <laughs> to absolutely to boldfacedly say the Bills are good enough to beat the Panthers, and I'll leave it at that. There we go. Have you watched a clip today of me? Getting my absolute oh. ass beat on an interception on a screen pass. So I'm Dave, not we watched say, we watched the clip of the screen. It was I, I remember clip. watching that live and watching yep. it and filmed the next day at our yep. high school. So I remember yeah. being there. Yeah, but anyways, the bills, the bills. The bills. Moving on, we have two juggernauts. We have the Texans and the Urban Meyer led Jaguars. Um is Tex- more than eight people on the planet watching this game? Um I don't think so. Really, even Texan fans are probably like, ah, there's probably better games on this week, right? What do you have to play for? Right. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? God, do we even pick this game? Uh, the Texans won the first matchup week one because Tyrod balled out. Um, given everything that's going on, I don't think anybody in that locker room wants to or is 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 gung ho about playing for Urban Meyer? I think the Texans sweep the season series. What say you guys? If you guys even care, I don't. <laughs> I, I I I don't know because these teams are both so bad. Just... This is like you almost throw like you almost give them a halftime show. Just so that there's something to watch. They've, you know, what Urban Meyer's biggest crime is? He's made Trevor Lawrence unwatchable, and yeah. that's 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 something that if you if I would have said uh, two years ago, I'd be like, oh, Trevor Lawrence is going to fucking suck his first year. You'd be like, that's impossible. It's not. He looks bad. That's the thing is you say he's unwatchable, and I don't think I've watched a Jacksonville Jaguars game all season. So I, watched, I watched the one on primetime on Thursday in week yep. four where they played the Bengals, and that's it. And you watched that for two reasons, neither of which were Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I watched that for, for the Bengals. That's why I watched that game. Right? Bengals, and it was primetime. Like- <laughs> right. um, so let's. I'll just go flat out with it. I'm going to pick Jags, honestly. Holy but shit. Hopefully, hopefully James Robinson stays on the field. Otherwise, this is maybe a different pick. But like I can I can pretty much know, I can only name like maybe two guys on that Texans offense. And at least I can name more of the Jacksonville guys. And at least they know they have a couple pretty good guys like Josh Allen and Miles Garrett and stuff. Or uh, yeah, sorry, uh, Miles Jack. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna pick the Jags because I trust Trevor Lawrence. Still somehow I trust him more than Davis Mills, but um, like I said, I don't care how this game goes. I won't watch it, and I don't care if I'm wrong. So, yeah, that's. Thank you for picking them, Dave, because I didn't want to, but I did also didn't want to give Houston a sweep. 
So <laughs> um, thank you for picking them so I can go Houston because I don't think Urban Meyer can win you a game in the NFL right now. So. All right, rock and roll. But there we go. It's amazing we spent that much time on that game. It's crazy, yeah. Uh, moving on, we have the first place in the AFC South Titans taking on the fourth place in the AFC North Steelers in Pittsburgh. Titans, Steelers. Rich, bouncing it right back to you. Who do you got? That Steelers team has been under so much fire and in the media for all the wrong reasons this week. They're not going to get it done against a hot team like the Titans. So, nope. Not Pittsburgh this week. It'll be the Titans. I'll go with them. Dave? I don't trust the Titans at all. I don't. They have proven time and time again that they're not reliable and they still don't have Derrick Henry. I almost want to pick the Steelers, but my heart won't do it. So I'm going to also just go with the Titans. But it's not that I have any confidence in the Titans because they like to give up shitty games they should easily win. But I'll I'll, I'll trust them fakely and say the Titans. Yeah, if everything you said spot on, the Titans – like I mean, I'm, you've been on, you've been banging this drum for a while. The Titans give up two or three games a year; they have no business losing every single season. <laughs> this is one of those games. I hate doing it. I don't want to do it. I can't believe we're gonna do it. Like I agree with you, but I, I can't do it. <laughs> like I don't want to do it, but you know, if, if you know every reason I'm doing it, <laughs> absolutely. I and I agree with you. I think it was a win, but I'm not picking them. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers here. I think Chase Claypool has 400 yards. Is that what you think? I think I, well, I heard Tomlin started playing some, uh, I heard Tomlin started playing some money bag yo at practice, you know, getting the boys fired up. That's the the key. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I know I've had a winning season every single year of my career, but this Chase Claypool kid who's been in the league for one single season, he has something to say. I better listen. Um, uh, Yeah. This Titans without Derrick Henry, I don't, I understand they're still first in their division, but um, I think the Steelers will find a way to win on this one, which sucks, which fucking sucks. Thanks Pittsburgh for making me pick you Uh, moving on. We have the Cardinals in Detroit taking on the Lions. I'm taking the Cardinals. Dave? Cardinals. Rich? Cardinals. Moving on, we got the Giants in Miami taking on the Dolphins. Um, Another, an AFC East matchup here. I'm uh, I'm taking the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins. Are they playing the Jets or the Giants? Oh, yes. Uh, Jets versus the Dolphins. It doesn't change the pick that I'm picking the Dolphins, but I'm just making sure we got it right. Yes, the Dolphins are on a uh, five-game heater right now, so I'm riding with the riding with the fins up. Well, fins up forever. So fins up, obviously. Rich for three zero fins up. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, that's three zero. This Miami team's too hot to pick against. Fins up, fins up. Um, Next, we have the Cowboys taking on the other New York team, the Giants divisional game here. this one's another pretty easy one for me. I'm taking the Cowboys. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the boys. The Giants like to keep it close only when specifically they play the Cowboys, so it'll probably be close. But Micah Parsons could probably beat that offense by himself, so Cowboys. Holy shit, I just heard that Jake Fromm is getting this. He's getting all the first-team reps in practice. What do you? Who are you taking now, Dave? 
I'm taking uh, Michael Parsons to sack him four times. <laughs> oh, okay. Darn. Sorry, Jake. Uh, Rich, who do you got? Yeah, I'm not going to pick against Dallas right now. I did it last week, and it and it cost me being tied for first place in, in our pick So, not going to do that again. I'll go Dallas. That is tough. Um, moving on, we have the other NFC East uh, matchup this weekend. Very interesting. Uh, we have the Washington football team taking on the Eagles. That's a big game. That's both a- both teams six and seven. And like we said before the show, uh, in the NFC, six and seven is an absolute dog fight right now. If you have the record six and seven, you are in the race. Um, this is a huge game. Dave, you're going first. Wow. This is the toughest game by far to pick. Like, I know the Colts and the Patriots was tough. But at least I had reasons to pick the Patriots. Like I, yeah. I'm literally a dead, dead heap on the fence about this Eagles and Washington game. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with Washington. You know what I mean? I I rode with them when their four game win streak. I didn't pick them last week because that's the reality of the situation. But I think this game could go to overtime. It could be that close. But I think. Washington knows what they have in that room. They know that they almost came back against the Cowboys. Um, I think it's going to be close, but they, they're going to find a way, just find a way to beat the Eagles. I like it. I like it. Rich. Oh, I don't know. Um, no, I'm going to go Philly on this one. I think, uh, I just think they're, these teams are so close that I can really see it going either way. I don't really know what's pushing me towards Philly. Maybe that Washington didn't get it done for me when I picked them last week, but <laughs> I think I'm going to take Philly in this one. Yeah. I'm going to take Philly as well. And you know, what's, you know, what's pushing me in that direction. Can't speak for rich, but what's pushing me is, you know, this, Eagles are coming off of a bye week and a bye week, a late bye, get, get some of those injuries rested up. A late season bye can, can really help, especially for a guy like Jalen hurts where he's probably exhausted. And obviously every player in the NFL is probably exhausted at this point, but Jalen hurts is doing so much for that offense. Eagles are at home. Eagles are off a bye. I'm going to ride with the ride with the Eagles on this one here. Brings us to a very prideful matchup. It was a prideful one last week that didn't go didn't go the way it should have. We have who day who day who day say gonna beat them Bengals in Mile High taking on the Broncos. So for those that don't know, very this is a very personal matchup for for us and the uh, the people we associate ourselves with. Dave, I will defer to you. Who is getting the win? It's going to be the Bengals. Um, Hey, guys, I'm going to commend you guys for riding with the Bengals as much as you guys do. Because there's like like this two-game losing streak where it just looks like such a bad choice. I don't blame you guys if you jump off. But uh, from when we started this to when... However long it takes till we're, the booth is shut down forever and we don't pick them anymore, I will pick the Bengals every single week. And that's just my own personal philosophy is I'll, even if it looks like certain doom, I will pick the Bengals. 
Um, I, I think we could actually win this game, though, to be honest. Um, I can see why people would pick against them. Right now we're a minus where the, the Broncos are a one-point favorite. But when you look at – if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, which, I mean, you could say that about a lot of teams. Oh, if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, we win. But that's as true as it's ever been about any team as this Bengals team. We a close overtime team uh, lost last week with a pretty good 49ers team, as much as I hate to admit it. And if you watch that fourth quarter, Joe Burrow brought the boys back from two scores down, absolute dynamite, threw the ball all over the field, picked them apart. The highest rated quarterback on PFF, not named Tom Brady, is Joe Burrow. I trust in the direction we're going. I think we'll get the win. Rich, where are you going? I'm not jumping ship. Dave, I'm not. I'm riding with the boys still. Um, like you said, Burrow and the boys look great near the end of that game. Um, and Denver doesn't have a quarterback. I'm sorry, that's my reason for not picking Denver in any kind of game where they, they have challenges. They've got the pieces except for the quarterback, and that's the most important piece. So I'm not going to pick them. Sorry. Sorry to all our people who are close to us there, but it's going to uh, be the Bengals. Yeah, and you know what? I'm riding with the boys, too. I, uh, I'm going to pick keep, the Keep it high, boys. When we make the playoffs, this will look like good good picks on you guys. Hey, I, I'm i picking the Bengals this week. I think, yeah, so having watched so many Bengals games this year, part of it was, I mean, I watch you twice a year no matter what. Um but this year and last year, holy shit, you guys have a guy that's really fun to watch at, at quarterback. <laughs> and like you said, I think right now, I, I mean, maybe Tom Brady, but I think he's the highest graded quarterback in the league right now. Joe Burrow is playing out of his mind. He's playing MVP level football. Uh, he's He does so much. And like, your offensive line is does need work in the offseason for sure, but he's the best quarterback in the league versus pressure. And you have Joe Mixon, who's got, I think, 12 touchdowns on the ground, 1,000 yards now, just a consistent stud back there. Uh, Jamar Chase, you know, for his drop issues and stuff like that, he's been prone to – he, he puts he's, over 1,010 touchdowns. I was going to say he still has 1,010 touchdowns. So, yeah. yeah. And that's a thousand and ten touchdowns with some questionable drops. So and then, I mean, T. Higgins has come on now. He's at yep. seven hundred yards, over four hundred yards in the last three weeks, right? Absolutely. But I yeah. think the difference maker for me in this one, because Denver has a pretty, Denver's got a good defense. The thing, the difference maker for me is your defensive front is very, very good. And Trey Hendrickson is proving to be a great free agent signing. Sam Hubbard's coming on. Ogan Joby in the middle. DJ Reader in the middle. And I think you put pressure, you make Teddy uncomfortable. I think you guys will force some turnovers, get the ball back in Joe's hands. Like you said, he will cook. So I am riding with the Bengals. That's, that's my that's my biggest thing is I think we'll stop their run, Javante and Melvin, and then we're going to make Teddy beat us. I don't think he's good enough to beat us, but we'll Straight continue up. on. Yep. Moving on, we have the Falcons taking on the 49ers in San Francisco. <sighs> Unfortunately, I have to bounce it right back to you, Dave. Who are you taking in this one? I'm taking the 49ers. Would you, because, would you like to elaborate on how defense, great that defense, that defense can play? And 
that stupid dink. Debo Samuel is really talented, and George Kittle can make all the plays you want. He's basically an elite receiver playing tight end. Uh, I think 49ers are a better team. That's just it. Flat out, they're a better team than the than the, than the Falcons, and they're going to win. Rich? Yeah. it's San Francisco is showing us that they're a good team, and Atlanta has not showed us that. They're, the wins Atlanta has are not good wins. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat, and that's about it. So, yep, I'll go San Francisco. There we go. I uh, I'm going to hop on San Francisco as well. Um, they're the better team. They beat the Bengals, who I thought were the better team. Um, they're they know this is do or die. Every game's important now. Falcons do too, but. The Niners, I think one or two games ahead of them. I just think the Niners have a better roster. But uh, for the sake of Dave, we will uh, we'll move on here. We will head to SoFi. We have the Seahawks taking on the Rams. Rams coming off of a very dominant and impressive Monday night game. And I'm going to ride with the Rams. Like we said, Seahawks, Pete Carroll. Hey, Pete, you've done great for us. Bye-bye. Shoot him a text. Catch you later, man. Just didn't work out for us. I think the Rams are just on a run. They know that they have to win. They know they have to win all these games if they have a shot of winning that division. So they got to win this one, and I think they will. Rich, how do you see it going? I got a buddy going to this game. He's a Seahawks fan, and I'm going to feel bad for him because this is going to be a rough one for him to watch in person So because I'm going the Rams, and I don't think it's going to be a good one to watch. Nope. Dave? Uh, I think the Rams, they understand the importance of these next four games. And they've got the taste of winning and winning dominantly back in their mouth. And they're not going to let it slip, right? Because they came off that bye and they absolutely cooked the next week. And then I think they shut out. Did they shut out somebody? I don't know. I can't remember. But then, yeah, but they beat out someone pretty bad. And then they come into Arizona, the top seed. And they absolutely take it to them and dominate them. There's no way that they're going to let this slip to the lowly, awful defensive Seattle Seahawks. It's going to be the Rams. Also, just worth noting, I think they did that to the Cardinals without Jalen Ramsey, without Rob Havenstein, without Darrell Henderson. Big name guys for that team. Um, Moving on. We got the pack. Green Bay Packers coming to the bank, taking on the Ravens, who, and I'm maybe I'm having a pity party. I don't know. Who might have the worst injury luck I've ever seen for a single season for a team. Every one of our key starters is out. Lamar's questionable. It's a it's a maybe. It's a willy wonty. This breaks my heart because as I was thinking about this, I realized this is the only AFC North team that I'm not picking this week. But uh, it's going to be the Packers, and and I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. I don't think we'll be in first in the AFC North after this weekend. I'm scared. Aaron Rodgers is a bad, bad man. Devontae Adams is going to be covered by Anthony Averett, and I don't think I'm – I don't think I'm emotionally equipped to deal with that. Um, 
<laughs> I'm fucking petrified. <laughs> Next. Dude, I think the thing for me is like, if we look at this podcast even more than you, I think I've picked the Ravens more consistently than you have. Like I've had easily so much faith that this team is going to win games and I can't defend them anymore, dude. The Packers are going to take a steaming dump on this Ravens team. So if this is a healthy, fair fight, it might be closer, but this is not a fair fight at all. This is Aaron Rodgers with the best team he's had in a long time against the worst injury luck I've ever seen a team have. And that's the Ravens. And Aaron is going to bully these guys, dude. Yeah, it's going to be a scary one. I'm sorry, Car. I'm sorry you have to watch this happen. And, oh, I just can't say I'm sorry enough. I would like to see you beat the Packers so bad. But I know. <laughs> I don't if, think it's going to happen. If there's one thing I'm going to say, my boys, I will say, this is why John Harbaugh is my guy, is because even with this adversity, I know that we will go out there and we will we will try our goddamnedest. Unfortunately, it's one of those times where that just won't matter. This Packers team is like <laughs> molten lava through butter. It's not even. <laughs> Devontae Adams makes great corners look foolish. Anthony Averett, man. This is on you, big dog. Step up. Let's see it. I want to see some straps out there, okay? Let's just let's keep it um, within 35. <sighs> Moving on to the Sunday nighter divisional game. We have the Saints versus the Buccaneers. Dave, I'll start with you. Uh, the Saints are a team kind of they're a ship floating through the night, you know what I mean? Drifting. They don't have a good option at quarterback. And the Buccaneers have who's probably going to be the MVP, Tom Brady. Do I need to say more? Oh, yeah, they have the more talented roster. Oh, yeah, they have more experience in big games. Yeah, they have more confidence. Yeah, the Bucs. Rich? Yeah, this is an easy one. Um, I, I don't know if it gives me more confidence after seeing the trailer. <laughs> What's the movie even called? I don't even know. Home team. Home team. Home team. Home team. <laughs> <laughs> seeing that trailer with Kevin James and Sean Payton, I don't put any faith in Sean Payton's decision making after he okayed that. So I'm going to go off the box. If you guys haven't heard anything right now, go look up the Netflix movie Home Team and then come back and listen to this podcast and understand why the validity of Sean Payton is gone. Yeah. Okay, so this one was actually tougher for me than I, I thought. Since he's gotten to Tampa, the Saints have have had Tom Brady's number. Um, he's never beaten him in the regular season since he's been in Tampa. He's only beaten him in the playoffs, which I understand is obviously the more important victory. <laughs> but with that said, I think the Bucs will win here. I, I don't know. I think Kev will have the boys competitive in this one. I think he'll, you know, they'll be playing hard. <laughs> They're playing for their comedic genius of a coach, but I don't think it'll be enough. Like you said, Brady is the MVP favorite right now, as he should be at age 44. He's probably going to win the MVP, and he deserves it. And not much to say about that. I think Brady, hey, it's December football. (laughs) 
it's December football and it's Tom Brady. And I, I think that's enough to take him. Um, moving on to the Monday nighter divisional game. Rich's Vikings in Soldier Field taking on the Bears. Like Rich said earlier, they played last Thursday and they don't play till Monday. So they've had 12 days, give or take, of rest now to, <laughs> to take on the Bears. Uh, so, hey, Rich, I'm going to defer to you first. They're your boys. How do you see it going? Yeah, like this is as close as you can get to coming off the bye without actually coming off the bye. So 12 days of rest to get healthy, to get Dalvin Cook back to 100%, which if 205 yards wasn't 100%, I'm excited to see what is. Uh, Hopefully Adam Thielen will be back as well. He's still questionable, I believe. Um, But I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. It'll It's always a good game when Minnesota and Chicago play. I feel like every year we see a Monday nighter in Chicago between Minnesota and, and the Bears. So it's always a good game. It'll be fun to watch. So, But I think I'll take the Vikings in this one. Dave? I'll continue to return the favors that were bestowed upon me. I will continue to ride with the Vikings. Um, here's what I mean. Like I said, they played well. They almost kind of squandered it on Thursday night, but they are, they're a good team. When they're playing well, I think they will play well. They've had too much time to rest and prepare to do anything else but play well. Um, and, hey, man, Matt Nagy's just floating. He's just helping that Chicago team stay above water, and that's about it. And I think this should be a fairly solid win to help the Vikings put make that playoff push. Yeah, I think this week I have to live vicariously through your guys' squads here. Um I'm rocking with the Vikings. They're off 12 days against Matt Nagy. I think you could beat Matt Nagy off 12 hours. So I don't think this should be a problem. I think you should handle business. You're the better team with the better coach, the better roster. Should be able to get it done. I'm fucking scared, you guys. That's that's last game. So now, now we're just, just recapping. But uh, to be honest, I'm scared. When I saw this, when I saw this one on the schedule in like week four, I was like, "Oh man, that's gonna be a heater, dude." I'm I'm straight scared that the Ravens are gonna lose all four of the rest of their games, dude. I I there's a chance we finish with a losing record. Like I said, I know you guys play um, the Packers, us, and the Rams. I think Packers, Bengals, Rams. I think are three of your four games left. Yeah, and, then I think and like have, I don't, I wouldn't pick you guys to win any of those games. And then uh, I think we have, uh, I think we have the Steelers in there too. Yeah, we played the Steelers last week of the season. Maybe we win that one. Maybe. Yeah, I might win that one. It's it's unfathomable the not the amount of injuries because I understand a lot of teams get injured. It's unfathomable unfathomable the amount of of critical injuries we've had <laughs> like <laughs> jk gus ronnie stanley justice hill who's not but he was our third running i mean the running back situation and then we had ronnie stanley all pro tackle we had Derek wolf out for the year marlon humphrey marcus peters lamar jackson just went down we can't word on, any word on clayus he's back 
I think. That's good. At least that's something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ricard's MRI on his knee came back negative. So he's should be good to go against the green Bay. And yeah, that's great. Uh, Lamar is questionable. And if not, we got Tyler Huntley, Anthony Averett's out there was, Hey, <laughs> not today. Devonte. Devontae Adams. I don't think so big boy. I might not watch football this weekend. I'm going to be so, I might wear all black and not because I'm supporting the Ravens, but that brings us to the end of the end of the show. Uh, Extra, extra games this week. So we have 16 games. There's a chance we go 500 this week. There's a chance we go 16 and 0 this week. We don't know. Hopefully we can ride the heater though. I think we picked a lot of the same ones. We did. Like there, there's a good. Usual, there's like a lot more split than usual, though. There's a good few key ones that are split, but there are a lot that are the same. It it upsets me that Baltimore is the only AFC North team I didn't take this week, but I just I genuinely believe in all the other ones. Dude, I'm so fucking sad. It's I'm sad sitting too. Is I'm sitting here and I can see the rave my Ravens shirt hanging up. I'm sad just thinking about taking Mike Zimmer to the keg. Take him to the keg, buddy. Get a nice steak. How do you want it cooked? He goes, I'll take it rare. Okay, sounds good. You guys know what the talk is. You're sitting there. and How's your day? It's not bad. You guys both know the conversation that's coming. Zim? Yeah. I I think we should see other people. I do too. I knew this was coming, but I just, I just hoped for something else. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just wish we could have made it work. Me too, Zim. Me too. It's tough. At least, would you rather have a Zim situation or an urban situation? I'd much rather have a Zim situation. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of hope that Zim does something absolutely egregious before he leaves so that it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Like he punched Kirk Cousins in the head or something. It's like, like you know, know. Zim, Zim's a straight professional, so don't hold yeah. that <laughs> No, it's like Zim's like, such a We can hope guy. that Urban Meyer does something else before he leaves, too. That'd be fucking pretty sweet. Dude. I can't wait for what's next. What's next <laughs> with Urban? He benches Trevor Lawrence. Um, but that brings us to the end of the episode. We're just bullshitting now, but fuck it. That's what we do here. That's why you listen or why you don't. Doesn't matter. Appreciate those that do. As always, go like, go share, go subscribe, go follow us at the booth EC on Instagram and Twitter. Appreciate all the support. We always do. We love doing this. We love doing it for you. And we will continue to do it. But get ready. Settle in for a nice weekend of football. Extra long weekend. We got Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday packed. Got some. We got do we got some college ball too? We got some college ball. Maybe a little extra content. We'll have to see. But this has been the booth. We appreciate listening and support. And we will talk to you next week. <laughs>